and welcome back to the Queen City Sports Podcast. It's your host, Cameron Lee, sitting with my co-host, as always, Jesse Salazar. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope you guys are doing well. Me and Jesse are doing well. We have had some time to unpack from the draft last Thursday. Um, it was a great draft. I, I, number, I know everybody remembers what teams, what, what kind of teams we were picking for there for that number five pick. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the Bengals decided to go with Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU, who was the wide receiver of the year for college football the previous season when Joe Burrow and him and himself won a national championship. He sat out last year, opted out with the COVID and was basically just training all, all season. So um, we get him, we get him a year removed from college football. Jesse, I'll let you take the floor first on this since you were um, team chase and you called that from the beginning. Uh, shout out to Malik, Wright. So um, yep. go ahead and uh, take the floor. I'll let you uh, take the floor on this one first for team chase. All right, real quick, guys, if you're Cincinnati fans, I'm all about Cincinnati fans following other Cincinnati fans. You know, we're all one group. Go follow Malik, right? The guy has been on point. All free agency, he's called every single free agent. He hasn't missed yet. He called Jamar Chase a month ago. Seems like a month ago, maybe a little less. But go give that guy a follow. Um, he, he's a real good follow. So I just want to shout him out. But, yeah, let's get into it, Cam. So pick five, Bengals go Jamar Chase. A lot of the national media act surprised, which was really surprising to me. It's like, do you guys not push your ear? Are you guys tone deaf? Because everyone <laughs> since now has been pretty much known it was Chase for the last couple of weeks. I mean, these guys were like stunned. Like, what? Like, like how did you we'll not know? Anyways, I think it was. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness, Booger. Good old. He, he's a show. I'll tell you that. Like, show. Uh, but <laughs> Jamar Chase at five, great pick for the Bengals. You have a stellar wide receiver who is going to be a great X, a great number one. He's going to be able to stretch the field. Frank Pollock said it himself. He's going to be just as much of a help to the run game because of him being able to stretch the field, which I kind of talked about last time, as, as getting a top five lineman. Um, I, I was really big on Jamar Chase. I think him and Joe Burrow's connection cannot be understated. I, I, I mean, you saw Joe Burrow texting him that morning and said, pack your bags. Like, it's, it's, it's time. Like, he's come, he wore black, orange, and white shoes to the draft. You think that wasn't a sign, guys? Come on. So, I'm really excited about the pick. I, I really, 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 really think that this is going to be a huge year for the Cincinnati offense. I don't see him scoring under 30 points if everyone's healthy every week. And I, I, a question that got brought up, and I've seen it floating on Twitter a lot from a lot of people that really aren't Bengals fans, so they really don't know, but they're like, well, how's Jamar Chase going to get the ball? Is that going to dip into Tyler Boyd's targets? Is that going to dip into T. Higgins' targets? Are they going to fight over the ball? How are they going to evenly distribute it? One, we throw the ball more than anybody, guys. We are going to be slinging it. If you didn't see through week 10 what the Bengals were about last year with the terrible offensive line going five wide, letting Joe just drop back and pick apart defenses, I mean, that's what we are going to be for the foreseeable future. A.J. Green left 104 targets behind, and Tyler Boyd was still able to put up 850 yards, and T. Higgins was able to put up like 920. And they were both hurt for, for part of the season or a game or two here or a quarter or two here. And Joe Burrow was hurt since week 10. So when you add all that up, 3,000-yard receivers is, is very, very likely for the Cincinnati Bengals if everybody stays healthy. So when you mix all that together, Cam, and you look at it, from a perspective of, damn, who's going to cover these guys? They have to worry about us now. When Cincinnati comes to town, defensive coordinators got to stay up all night. How are we going to stop them? They're going to hand the ball to Joe. We got to stop that. They're going to throw it to Chase deep. We got to stop that. They're going to hit Higgins deep. We got to stop that. They're going to hit Tyler Boyd underneath. We got to stop that. I mean, how are we going to stop them? Don't forget, Joe Burrow can take off with the ball. 
ball and get you some some yards with his legs. So, I mean, think about as a D coordinator, Cam. I know you play sports your whole life. I mean, what do you do? You're up on it. Like, who, who do I take away? What, what do I, you know, Bill Belichick is famous for always taking away the opponent's best player and, and making them beat you with someone else. What are teams going to do, Cam? See, I'm, it's interesting that you say that because I felt like there was a ripple effect from that pick in our mm-hmm. division with, between Baltimore and, and, and Cleveland if you watch that draft. Because mm-hmm. if you watch mm-hmm. what they did, their next couple picks, defensive backs, mm-hmm. defensive backs, because they know mm-hmm. that they're going to have they're going to have to guard this year um, mm-hmm. with Chase coming to town. So that was just something interesting that I had caught during the draft. I saw the Browns and Ravens both go corner. Even uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens ended up getting Sidney Wade even late, getting another corner added to that package from Ohio State. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely something that I caught from our division um, as we ended up drafting chase, you know, I think there were needs all at all and all of our, for all of our teams in the division. I think that, you know, us going chase, you know, made the Browns and the, uh, the Browns and the Ravens go, oh, sh- we, we need to tighten up the secondary with, with this, with this guy coming to town. So that's very interesting. That's, that's one thing I noticed about chase right off the bat with that pick, obviously with me being team Sewell, you know, I wanted to go with the offensive line and the protection, um, but with it, with that out, out of the picture now, now I think we got to look at, you know, Reef on a one-year deal. Hopefully that we can get him locked down after this season on a longer, on a long-term deal as well. So um, mm-hmm. definitely is going to be something to look, look forward to after the season, going into the next season for the off season, as far as the offensive line. Um, and then interesting, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and start with the second round pick uh, Jackson Carmine out of uh, Fairfield who went to Clemson and protected uh, Trevor Lawrence's blindside for the past couple of seasons. They go with him in the second round. And now this was an interesting pick for a lot of Bengals nation, because if you look at all the mock drafts and all the Bengals fans on Twitter, you, you didn't see Jackson Carmine on anybody's anybody's list right there. If they went Jamar chase in the first round, you saw a lot of Alex Leatherwood, you know, I saw a lot of Sam Cosme, you know, there was, there was even, I think one of the guys that got drafted a couple picks before the Bengals and even one that went after we traded back, I think he ended up getting drafted offensive lineman. I can't think of the names off the top of my head without looking right, right at it. But, you know, a couple of those guys I saw in a lot of mock drafts. So it's interesting. The Bengals go with their guy who they wanted to get originally at 38. They trade back eight spots and get him still in Jackson Carmine, who protected Trevor Lawrence's blindside, like I said. Interesting to get your thoughts on that pick. I, myself, love the pick. Now, I know that there's a lot of people have to talk about the injury history, the herniated disc stuff. You know, I'm not worried about that. I think he comes in, you know, protecting Trevor Lawrence's blindside for the past three seasons, playing a lot of snaps. You know, I think the body of works there in the the ACC. There's a lot of dominant edge edge rushers in the ACC. So I think that that's a great pick. I think that that's going to help us for a long time. And I think that he comes in, like he says, like Zach Taylor said, and battles for that guard position right off the bat. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's funny because, you know, Tevin Jenkins is sliding. You have all these big fans or quote-unquote football fans. Oh, my God, take Tevin Jenkins. The Bengals are dumb. Take Tevin Jenkins. Guys, if Tevin Jenkins slid when he was a top 15 prospect, top 20, there's a reason he slid, which after the fact we found out it was medicals. But, I mean, you if, if, if he's still sitting there in the second round, there's a reason, guys. 32 other teams passed on the guy. Or, you know, what I mean, 31, 30, 30 other teams passed on the guy. So it's like no one's a sure thing. Everyone acts like, oh, if they would have took Tevin Jenkins, it would have been the greatest draft ever. Don't forget us being able to trade back got us more pick. 
use that turn so you have to look at a package like what do these players turn out down the road if they if we get two studs out of those picks i mean that was a genius move and yeah i i get there was other guys on the board and and there was other guys people would have rather had that's all fine and dandy but let me tell you something jackson carmen is a local kid he works his tail off Mm. he was blindside protector of the most predominant quarterback in the last few years on a team that went to what three straight national championships mm-hmm. i mean my goodness i think he only he only played in two of them but still and, and you're letting this guy protect your your, your gold your, your golden child i mean that says a lot about the kid because if you're if you're clemson you have four or five other guys that can come in and take his spot five-star recruits every year mm-hmm. so he had to work his tail off week in and week out to, to keep that left tackle spot i think that speaks volume the other thing was there was a there was a very big misconception um, with his arm length. I guess it was reported that he had 32 inch arms, but um, he was measured twice, once by Paul Alexander, ex Bengals O-line coach, and they said he measured out actually at 33 and a quarter inch arms, um, which is a big difference for for tackle to guard positions in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I love the pick to death. And, and one more thing before we keep moving on, uh, I want to talk about Jamar Chase. Everyone's yeah, like, oh, Devontae Smith was the best receiver. Look what he did in the national championship game. Guys, don't forget that Jamar Chase put up nine receptions, 221 yards, and the last time he stepped on a football field, and that was to win a national championship against a Clemson defense that a lot of people thought was stellar. So so don't – just because it was a year ago, or you know what I mean, a, a while ago, don't, don't let it slip your memory, guys. But, yeah, I'm big on the Jackson pick. Um, Jackson Carmen pick cam. I'm really glad that we got the guy. He says all the right things. He's excited to be a Bengal. Did mm-hmm. you see the video when he tells his family at Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I mean, they go crazy. Mm-hmm. You want that. That's what we want here. I want players that want to be a damn Bengal that exactly. want to earn their stripes. That means a lot to me as a fan, as somebody that supports the team. I'm one. I'm willing to go. I wanted to go blow money on a bunch of Bengal stuff. Just seeing those videos getting me fired up, man. I'm excited for the future. I think it was a, a, a great pick. Say what you want. If Jackson Carmen turns into a, a a guard pro bowl caliber guard no one's going to remember that there was tevin Jenkins on the board before him or, or these other players that people thought we should take it's all about developing jackson carmen now and if you're a Bengals fan there should be no slander from you if you're a Bengals fan it's time to support the kid now he's on our team now he's ours whether you like it or not so support the guy okay let's support the guy give him everything he needs and hope that he becomes one of the next great offensive linemen for the cincinnati Bengals. yep and he's been saying that all the right things since he's got drafted he talked about um, Anthony Munoz being one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time. He talked about how he used to watch Willie yep. Anderson and, you know, t- took some things from him. So, I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, this is, this is, this is as Cincinnati as it gets right here. I thought it was a perfect pick. I had, I loved it. I mean, one, once I was, I was up at a wedding and I couldn't really hear the volume and I see, we picked this kid from Clemson. I'm like, okay, Jack, I'm like Jackson Carmine. Okay. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm getting on Twitter and I'm hearing, oh, he's from Cincinnati. Oh yeah, that locked it in for me right there. I'm like, oh, he's from Cincinnati. Oh yeah, done deal. He's <laughs> he's coming home. We're gonna take care of him. I, I love that. So I, I love that, and I couldn't wait. I can't wait to watch him play. Uh, he's already excited. He's been tweeting about it all day. You know, he's already yep. back in the city now. So really excited to see him get get going. Can't wait for that. So let's go ahead and move on. I actually did want to actually talk about Chase real quick as well. Um, something I kind of mentioned a couple of weeks ago that if we did take Chase. You know, I am looking forward to that three wide receiver set, like you said, with Higgins, him, and Boyd. And the people that said that it might eat into Higgins or Boyd's Boyd's numbers, I see, I don't see it that way. And the one thing, you know, I saw Nate Burleson talk about 
you know, the Bengals are looking at the Chiefs and, you know, they got to have this offense that that wants to compete. You know, I think back to that 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 Chiefs and Browns playoff game last year where, you know, the Browns are lacking are lacking weapons late in that game. And Patrick Mahomes is not playing. You know, that's a game I. I, you know, I hate to bring it up, Browns fans, but I'm going to bring it up. I feel like they should have won that game. Patrick Mahomes leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an opportunity to take control of that game. You know, their quarterback and their weapons didn't allow them to do that. The only weapon they really had on the field that day was Jarvis Landry, and that's really mm-hmm. all the only weapon they had towards the end of the season. I think if Odell Beckham Jr. is on that field and Jarvis Landry, you know, it's a different story. So yep. I look at the Bengals in, in that situation, and I think – you know, I have full confidence with my receivers and my my running back and my quarterback that I can I can get the job done as far as weapons wise. So, you know, I thought that was a good point made by Nate Burleson talking about that. But it's going to be protection. If we can get Joe Burrow protected this year, the sky is the limit. And I think the key thing as well, I've been talking to a lot of people about this mixing this year. Yep. He has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy and the run game has to be respected. If the run game is respected and he stays healthy this year. And I saw, uh, I saw something where a coach said, I don't expect Mixon to come off the field this year. I think he should catch every pass out the backfield. He should be in there every play. I love hearing that because that's what I thought I was going to get last year. And you know, the injuries and he didn't play a lot, you know, last year. So I'm hoping that this year is that that's the, that's the Joe Mixon. I get a full, fully healthy Joe Mixon catching passes out the backfield, staying in there for protection, you know, a three down, a three, four down back who's on the field for all four downs. If I need him, you know, I'm not yeah. taking them off the field. Fourth and one, I, I give it to Joe Mixon, you know, third and short or third and long. I got Joe Mixon, you know, wh- yep. whatever, whatever play it is, I got Joe Mixon. So I'm looking forward to that. So let's, um, so that's one thing I do like about the, uh, the, the J- Jamar Chase pick, I think that that's going to open up a lot for other people. I mean, I think that, like you said, we're, we're going to be deadly. You know, if yep. Burrow's healthy, three deadly receivers, a great running back. You know, maybe our tight end takes a step this year. You know, I, I can't, I can't wait to see it. That's why I bought season tickets. I, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm happy with the Jamar <laughs> Chase pick now. I can't wait to go see number one ball in the jungle. And I hope that you all feel the same way. So let's go ahead and move on to the round three pick because I know you love this, uh, this, this third round pick out of Texas. Yeah, Joseph Asai. Um, when you look back and you watch this guy, I mean, in the game against – he played Burrow two years ago in college and had an interception, I think a sack in that game too. I remember the watching guy, that game because that was the first game I remember watching Joe Burrow play for LSU actually. It was like a full game of Joe Burrow was that Texas game. And Joseph Asai, I mean, he's athletic. He was a steal. I mean, he was ranked between 40 and 50 on most people's big boards. The Bengals got him at 69. The funny thing is, Cam, if you switch – Jackson Carmen and Joseph Asai pick. So if you take Joseph Asai at 46 and Jackson Carmen at 69, you probably don't hear Pete from fans. You probably don't. I mean, they're probably, you know, oh my God, we didn't take an O lineman in the second round. But just for the sake of the pick itself, if you switch those two, I mean, it's probably like, okay, that, that was that was a fair place to take either or. So I really think, you know, it's interchangeable. They did a great job taking care of that. But the Joseph Asai kid, he has a motor for days. He will not stop. He has no quit in his game. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're down by 28 points in the fourth quarter. He is full go 24-7. Everything I've watched on him is like, oh, my goodness. And not to mention that he he gives me these Carl Lawson vibes from just a pure pass rush standpoint. Um, and I think that's very important for the Bengals pass rush. And the, the Bengals fans have to remember is as many as these people we can add, Joseph Asai, Cameron Sample, these, these pass rushers that we can get in there, even the seventh-round kid, uh, Wyatt Hubert. That's just more – you remember when the Bengals – 
Bengals are really good. What do they have, Cam? A rotation. We mm-hmm. had fresh legs coming on that D-line over and mm-hmm. over and over. Gino in his prime. A Carlos Dunlap in his prime. Michael Johnson. We're just rotating people in coming after you. Like, And I think that's a very big, big, big key for the defense this year. So I'm excited about the kid from Texas, Cam. What, what are you thinking? I was excited about him, too. I, th- I think the one thing you said, the motor, um, is, is, mm-hmm. it, it jumps out on tape. Um, even, mm-hmm. you know, plays getting extended he's he's going full go all the way around the edge until he's tracking you down so that's something I can't wait for you know that's something that we need especially on that d-line like you said last year's d-line rotation last year's d-line was just atrocious just to put it just to put it like garbage 17 sacks all year it was it was it was not (laughs) great to watch I mean the Phillip Rivers game was a prime example you get up 21 to nothing Phillip Rivers didn't get touched the rest of the game (laughs) he didn't touch the whole game that's a good point untouched (laughs) i mean why are we were we even rushing three or four guys i i didn't think so i felt like it was he was dropping back and he was just picking his poison in the secondary which you know jesse bates did a hell of a job last year but man he was running around cleaning up so many messes on the back end with the injuries in the secondary last year too you know there's only so much Mm -hmm. that he could do and he's not getting a pass rush up front i mean oh my god it was awful so i think that Joseph Asai comes in and fills that need right away. Um, I think mm-hmm. that he's definitely in the rotation next year, playing a lot of playing a lot of snaps. So I look forward to watching Joseph Asai play. That brings me to our next pick out of Tulane, who I think is just a prime ex- example of like a Michael Johnson, Carl's Dunlap type of guy um, out mm-hmm. of Tulane. Cameron Sample mm-hmm. um, just looks like a behemoth of a guy. And when you look at him, just the measurables and just looking at him, in his pads, he just looks like a monster. So um, yeah. I, I look forward to seeing his development over these next couple of years as well. I think you can get some good snaps out of Cam Sample. Um, I like the way he rushes. He's a little shorter than Dunlap and Johnson. Obviously, they were huge, 6'7 and 6'6. Six, six. Right, right, right. Um, I think he comes in at 6'2. Yeah. But I, I'm really excited to see. I mean, he's another kid with a motor who just doesn't stop. And one play that I saw on a side that blew my mind, um, he, he's rushing the, the around the edge. He gets blown out of the play, whatever. The guy goes downfield. He comes back around, chases the guy downfield. Dude's getting tackled. He jumps and swings his arm and forces a fumble like 20 yards downfield. That is the kind of motor I want out of my guys. But camera sample, I think he – and I saw some people saying, scouts, hey, this guy can come in and, and give you give you a little something. Um, you know what I mean? Give you, give you some juice on that defense. And the good thing about Cameron Sample is he can kick inside, kind of what Sam Hubbard does in, in that role where he can, you know, uh, move inside and rush from the inside. Um, so I really like his versatility. Um, I really like that he comes from a school like Tulane and he still feels like he has a lot to prove. Um, I'm very excited about him, but I think Joseph Assign Cam Sample can be huge contributors this year. I mean, we lost a lot of snaps on that D line. Um, so I think it can, it can, they can be huge contributors. So I'm, I'm excited about that as well. And then let's move to that next pick, which I had a funny story with me and Cam were talking about out, off air a little bit about this guy, mm-hmm. Tyler Shelvin, um, LSU. Muhammad, I mean, the guy is a hog in the middle of a defense. And I saw on Twitter after we drafted him that Bill Belichick in 2019 was watching um, Kayvon Chason and a couple guys on that LSU defense. And he stops the tape like, who is this guy? Pointing to Tyler Shelvin, like, who is him? I, I want that guy. Like, that guy, uh, my goodness. So anytime Bill Belichick is stopping tape to point a guy out, it means something. And I mean, if you look at what he does and everyone's like, well, we have DJ Reader, you know, we need more of a three tech there. I don't disagree. 
But you know what I do know is in the in the November, December cold months in the AFC North, what do people do, Cam? They run the damn football. Mm-hmm. They hand the ball off. They try to make – they minimize the game. They shorten the game by running the ball, keeping it out of your hand, especially when you have Joe Burrow. Are you going to let Joe Burrow keep lighting you up or are you going to run the ball and control the clock? Well, guess what, buddy? When DJ Reader and Tyler Shovin's big kahuna butt is in the middle of our defense, you ain't going anywhere, bud. You can hand it off 100 times. You are not going anywhere. So I'm excited about that pick. you have any on him, Cam? Yeah, I think that's a great pick, you know, to kind of back up Reader, like you said. And then I don't want to butcher the new guy's name that we just got from Cleveland, who's really, really good as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that those two Larry right there. Larry Ogunjobi. Ogun, Ogun, there you go. You got it right there. Larry, Big Larry, I think, yeah. was a huge acquisition this offseason. So, you know, I definitely mm-hmm. think those two take up most of the snaps. But it's definitely, you know, someone that Bill Belichick has a lot of respect for. You know, you be able to get him on your defense and teach him up a little bit. You know, there's even been, you know, scatters around town that there could be a possible return for Geno Atkins as well. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, nobody was gifted the, the number 97, obviously, from this new class. So that number's still available. Geno obviously just had a kid. Um, so, you know, the Bengals have been kind of heard giving them a space for now. But, you know, there's there is a possibility of a reunion there. So just something to keep your eye out for there. So um, I'm definitely uh, keeping, my, keeping my ear to the ground on that one. Um, that kind of leads into our next couple of picks. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I watch tape on a lot of these guys because I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know mm-hmm. Jesse does. Um, but mm-hmm. our next couple of picks, just to kind of let you guys know who they are, we got the D- Anthony Smith out of East Carolina, um, defense, offensive tackle. That, that was one of the picks that we got from New England um, tr- for trading back for Jackson Carmine in the second round. So, you know, got a lot of depth there in the, in the fourth round there with those three picks, which then goes to our fifth round pick, which is the new kicker that we got. Everyone calling them Evan McPherson. Everyone calling them Legatron, I see on <laughs> – on, on Twitter, you know, I think that, you know, definitely getting replacing fat Randy was a, was a major, major, major hole that needed to be filled. I mean, I can't believe someone signed him. <laughs> I could, I could not believe it. I was so excited, but I was like, kind of confused. Like, damn, people, people want him as their kicker confusing, but whatever. That's the national football league, I guess. But I was happy that we got a new kicker uh, obviously someone that's, that's real well established, you know, you get him in the fifth round, you know, and at that point, he was the seventh guy that you had picked in the draft. Um, so I think yep. a lot of people need to remember that, you know, you're getting the best kicker at your seventh guy picked in the draft. Very, 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 very huge getting those couple picks that we got from New England. So I think that we definitely feel the void, you know, something that was a problem and an issue the past couple of seasons. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Fat Randy lost us a few games. Um, yeah, so, a handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, not even a few, a handful. So. You know, mm-hmm. to get a new kicker in here, you know, I think that, you know, there's not the pressure there. You know, I remember my boy Roberto Aguayo getting picked in the second round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Woo! And there was so much pressure from being picked that high and being having such a great college career at Florida State. You know, he was out of the league less than a year um, just because of the struggles there. So hopefully he can get off to a good start. I'm um, in the NFL. You know, it's not, it's not a cakewalk. So hopefully yeah. he, can, he can get off to a good start. But I do. I, I love the pick right there with getting him in the fifth round right there. Yeah, so real quick, Dante Smith, offensive tackle, round four. I love him. 35-inch arms. Um, he's got a little bit of a slim frame that gets under 300 pounds, which isn't ideal for an offensive tackle in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of got to maintain that weight. Um, he has a little bit of technique issues that he can get better at. Um, had a good senior bowl. I saw some reps with him, with him at guard that really intrigued me, intrigued me for a short-term guard option, long-term tackle um, option. 
So I'm really excited about Dante Smith. I think he is somebody that could be, we look back on the draft, like, damn, the Bengals got a steal, uh, you know, to go with your Geno Atkins and Carlos, Carl Lawson's and, and Marvin Jones, those kind of steals that the Bengals have gotten over the years. Um, and then Evan McPherson, Legatron. I saw a video right after we drafted him of him kicking a field goal and taking the Gatorade uh, lid off of the Gatorade just by the spin of the football. And I was mind blown. The guy can hit from 50 yards consistently. And to every fan that's like, oh, we're taking a kicker in the fifth round. Okay, guys, do you think uh, – let me let me ask you something. Next year when the game's on the line in, in Cleveland on week 13, 24-24, and Joe Burrow drives down with less than 30 seconds and gets us to the 40-yard line and we need a 55-yarder or a 57-yarder and the Legatron, Evan McPherson kicks it. And he goes, I mean, how many people are going to be jumping up and down screaming, you guys are a genius, that was a great pick. And I'm not trying to put pressure on the kid. You know, things happen. The draft is a, is a crapshoot. But I think we took the best kicker in the draft. I think making that trade early in the second round gave us capital to address other needs to be able to take him with, with the fifth round pick. And I really do think it's a pick that we'll look back on. Like that was a quality, quality draft pick um, because it fills a big need for the Bengals. And then after him, you got Trey Hill. Now mm. I want to stop real quick, Cam, because Trey Hill and Dante Smith. So Dante Smith, I already talked about great right. developmental piece. A lot of people think he can be a stud. Fun fact about Trey Hill. Two years ago, I saw a mock draft, maybe a year and a half ago, with Trey Hill in some people's first rounder and second rounder. Now, that's off of potential, but that alone should tell you the kind of piece of clay that, you know, Frank Pollock's getting in the sixth round. Mm -hmm. A guy that people thought that highly of, that they were going to put him high in mock drafts. Yeah, he obviously didn't pan out to be that high of a draft pick, but I think the potential of what he could be down the road and all you're doing is taking a big swing in the sixth round it is a huge, 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 huge positive, mm -hmm. uh, a very good thing that could happen. And then after him, you have Chris Evans running back from Michigan. I know the OSU fans listening, they're throwing up, but listen to me. And the NFL, running backs don't last long when they've been handed the ball hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Okay, they just don't work out. So a guy like him who has the speed, he flashes the speed, he flashes the breakaway, he could catch out of the backfield, uh, and, and, and he went to a really good school, so he obviously has some pedigree. I'm excited about getting him in the room and seeing what kind of kind of hole he can fill for for mm -hmm. Gino and then just or for Geo. I'm sorry, and then just to round it out, Wyatt Hubert, another effort kid, another guy who's going to go 100 miles an hour all the time. Round seven can end up being a steal as well. I really like what the Bengals did in the later rounds. I know a lot of people are stuck on the Jackson Carmen thing and and Jamar chase but if you look at what they did rounds four through seven on that third day in particular I, I was very impressed with the Bengals draft I was too I feel like that we addressed all the needs that we were looking for you know obviously the offensive line was a big thing you don't get Penny Sewell in the first round you know you get three I think quality offensive linemen I think you get a great pick in Jackson Carmine in, in round two who you traded back who you wanted at 38 you trade back eight spots and you're still able to get him and like you said I think him yep. and the side if they're switched you know I think nobody says anything, but I think that, you know, mm -hmm. the Bengals, you know, wanted to go ahead and address that offensive line in round two. And I think, like you said, the Bengals go with a sigh in round two. You know, I think that there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, the Bengals did not draft an alignment in the first two rounds. And you're hearing <laughs> all kinds of craziness, you know, so I think that they just wanted to go ahead and address that offensive line in round two. So I think that doing that with him and then getting a sigh in three, you know, I think that's those two are great picks. 
I think those are mm-hmm. great picks. And like you said, four, I think rounds four through seven, you know, you get the you get the quality, you get three picks in round four. I think that you got three great picks, you know, obviously rounding out with Chris Evans. I think they, you know, he, he is, I think he is like a geo. I think he's a great change of back, a change of pace, especially for mixing, you know, to get him a couple reps out of uh, when you want to get him a breather. So I think that I, th- I can't wait to see what he can do for us. You know, I think that, like you said, Evan McPherson, I, I, I'm excited for him, obviously, with having mm-hmm. Fat Randy the last couple of years. I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> for Evan McPherson, you know, not to put a lot of pressure on him, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him kick the ball for the Bengals. And then you said, like you said, a couple effort players there in the last couple of rounds. You know, you never know how those could go, but you, that's, those are the kind of guys that you want competing to try to make your football team at the end of the day. So excited for what the Bengals did in the draft. Just got the call from the from the season ticket office. I can't wait to go pick up my season ticket, my season seats um, for my season tickets this year. I am excited. I can't wait to get in the in the jungle and watch these guys ball this year. I, I am more locked in and just more ready for a football season than I've ever been for any past season. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I, I I'm ready to get this thing going. Yeah, and and me and Cam, Cam and I are going to be down in the jungle for quite a handful of games. So I know we said on the last podcast, I think Cam did hit us up, guys. Tweet at us. We we'd love to get a, a big tailgate party together. Obviously, if COVID permits, love to see some faces, meet new people. I mean, I hear I what Bengals you guys got to say about the, the Bengals out for the last however many decades, and and that's how he's met a lot of friends and a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to hear person and whatnot. I, I just want to hear what you guys on. have to say. Uh, uh, yep. Amen. And uh, one more player I want to touch on, uh, an undrafted free agent. His name is Puka Williams. He's a running back out of Kansas. I mean, when you turn this guy's tape on and see the electricity, I saw a, a scout, a respected scout. I don't remember which one, so I'm not going to say his name. I like to have facts when I talk. But I saw a respected scout tweet on Twitter that there was two electric players that, in the draft, Jalen Waddle and Puka Williams, and he went undrafted. So when you're talking about the two most electrifying players on the field in the draft is Jalen Waddle and Puka Williams, that is a that's pretty pretty good praise from a, mm-hmm. uh, a draft someone that that or from a scout someone that looks at the draft year in and year out. I'm excited about him too. See what he can bring to the table. But let's round up the Bengals talk, Cam. I think the draft was solid. I'm really excited the direction we're heading. I I, I really hope Zach Taylor works out. I know I've been wishy washy guys and went back and forth on him. It's just sometimes it's that love hate relationship. He just pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> but when you hear the guy talk and his and his message and his energy and how the players, I mean Geo who who just got cut. I mean how he had Zach's back. I mean, Joe Burrow, the way he speaks of, of Zach Taylor, you're like, holy shit, this guy has these guys bought in. Mm-hmm. So let's see what they can do. I'm really excited for the season, like you said, Cam. I think this is going to be a great year to be a Bengals fan. I think we have another five-year run in us for like 11 to 15 and hopefully you know, more playoff wins than zero. Um, but but that's for another time, neither here, here, neither here nor there. But I'm really excited, Cam. I, I think we're going to have a great season. I look forward to, to watching the Bengals every Sunday like I've always done. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of good content and a lot of good stuff to talk about this year, Cam. I agree. I can't wait. I know the season's months away. But I know the draft just kind of gave us a little taste right there. So we'll, we'll cool the Bengal talk here for the next couple of months. Um, obviously, we'll still be we'll still be bringing you content um, over other sports or other over other sports these next couple of months. But uh, we'll definitely probably put a can here on the Bengals talk here for a couple of months. But I look forward to watching my Bengals play um, in the fall. It's going to be a very very exciting season. You know, now I get to watch the brand new Ferrari trot out there and and Jamar Chase. 
I, I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> I can't wait to watch him and Burrow get that get that connection going again. Obviously, see Higgins and Boyd build off of their seasons last year. Hopefully, we get a healthy Joe Mixon. You know, maybe Uzama's healthy. Sample takes takes a step forward. You know, I can't wait to see that offensive line and who we end up assembling out there to protect my guy Joe. The defense has, has got a new coordinator. Got some new guys back there. The whole new secondary. I I, I could go on and on about this team. I can't wait to see what they do this fall. So like you said, get your season tickets, make sure you guys are hitting us up. We're going to be down there at the stadium going all out this season for my Bengals. Well, let's go ahead and switch it over to the team right down the street, down there on Pete Rose way. Um, mm-hmm. They've been, they've been a little hot these last couple of weeks. Uh, they won the last two series taking on the Chicago white Sox. Now I know that Cincinnati's excited about the reds. Amir Garrett did get hit with a seven game suspension today. Um, and Javi Baez gets fined. So the Reds get hurt again when it comes to the suspensions because teams keep trying us. But um, I'm interested to get your thoughts on these Reds the last two seasons. I know me and you were watching Kershaw kind of shut us down a few weeks ago when we did our first episode back for season two. Yeah. But how you how have you been liking the Reds this season? I, I, I'm interested so, to hear this. So it's weird, Cam. Last year, pitching was dominant. We couldn't hit worse shit. We went through dry spouts, as you can see in the playoff game against the Braves. This year, our bats are on fire, and and we let guys like Archie Bradley walk out of the bullpen, traded Racio Iglesias, traded Racio Iglesias for a guy that's not even on our team anymore. <laughs> um, but I think that we have the ability – as long as the bats stay hot, which I don't see them cooling off. I mean, we've got a pretty good sample size now. If the pitching can come around, some of these young guys can come up from AAA and just maintain the bullpen. I really think that we're in for a treat this year. Um, I- I'm excited about the red legs. I think it's bullshit that they suspended Amir Garrett for seven games for getting excited. So hold on. Let me let me get this straight. Nick Castellanos gets a t- two game suspension because he got excited about a great play that he heard the railing and starts patting his chest basically telling Amir Garrett come fight me and gets an undisclosed fine and Amir Garrett gets seven games one game less than he got two from two years ago when he fought Pittsburgh and actually threw punches what kind of bs is that that's bullshit man that just it shows that it's biased it shows that the reds have a target on their back i don't know why i can't figure it out you know the reds are a historic franchise usually leagues treat their historic franchises with rich histories a little better than the treatment we've got um but i'm excited about the reds cam i'm excited to get down to the stadium and drink some cold beers out in that outfield and, and watch the reds dominate people they're getting their butts kicked tonight by chicago the white Sox. but i think we can compete in the division the division isn't super strong one way or the other. Milwaukee's out in front right now. They, they've got a pretty solid team over there. Um, but I think we can compete for the division and compete for a wild card. Um, I'm really excited about the offense because it's fun baseball to watch. I just really hope the pitching comes along throughout the season, Cam, and can match the energy that the offenses came out the gates with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I actually do like our rotation. You know, Sonny Gray, Luis, Luis, Cast- Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, um, I think those are, are solid arms right now, mm-hmm. and and I think that they they get the job done. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can we can kick it into gear here and start getting those guys some run support in in those games. And when we need them, obviously we didn't get it tonight, but um, I, th- I like the, the direction that the Reds are headed, and I think that the bats are are definitely alive and well this year. So that's some, that's something mm-hmm. that that you love to see. So definitely try to get down there, like I said, like he said on a Friday night, check check the fireworks show out. Check some of those yep. bat the, the bats out. I mean, they're they're really crushing the ball this year. So that's 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 fun to see. Um, 
So I can't wait. I'm, I've been playing MLB the show last like last couple weeks. I am all in on baseball right now. If, if you can't tell, <laughs> I, I, I am all in on it right now. So I, I can't wait to get out, get down there and watch the rest. But I got to get my, my son down there. I know he hasn't been to a baseball game yet, but I got to get him down there to G, the Great American Ballpark so he can check out the Reds. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, and what's exciting for me is two of the the Reds' best prospects are left-hander Nick Lodolo and right-hander Hunter Green, who's hitting 105 down there in the minor leagues regularly. Mm-hmm. 105 regularly. Not Chapman 104 on a super hot summer night in San Diego every once in a blue moon. I'm talking to 105 regularly. If we can get those guys up soon and get them in the bullpen, kind of bolster the bullpen. I love what Tyler Malley's doing. He's getting incrementally better every single year. He's still really young. Like you said, Sonny Gray having a phenomenal year. Luis Castillo has been kind of a shaky start, but he goes through stretches like this right. where he, he doesn't do really well. And then he dominates for five straight starts, like dominates for five right. straight starts. So just find some consistency with him. Um, but yeah, I got to get my son down to a game too, Cam. So maybe we could do that together or something. Take our sons down there and ha- have a day at the ballpark. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we can make that happen ASAP. <laughs> yeah, ASAP. But yes, yeah, sir. man, I can't wait to I can't wait to see see the Reds this season. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a long season, but like you said, I think that they'll definitely battle for the division and hopefully a wild card spot. Still early in the season, but I definitely yep. like what I'm seeing. So definitely wanted to make sure I talked about them a little bit before we go ahead and sign off here. But yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, leave that there. Uh, so just what so you guys got to see what we got coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously, the NBA playoffs to get started here in the next couple of weeks. So I will be coming to you doing a solo show here in the next couple of weeks just so we can start talking about the NBA a little bit. I know I got a lot of NBA fans out there want to hear about the playoffs. So we'll definitely bring that bring that stuff to you here soon. I know Jesse's going to be doing some stuff on his own here as well. Yep. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Um, obviously, college bas- college basketball is still, still a long ways away, but we got recruits getting getting picked up here at Xavier and UC. Um, the Smith League starting up here in a couple of – in a, about a month. So I am super excited about that. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening here on the Queen City Sports Podcast. So make sure you guys are, are, are looking out for that. We're, we'll be putting updates on our Twitter. We'll be putting updates on our social media. So just make sure you guys are looking out for that. Jesse, any last words for everyone before we sign off today? Nope. Uh, just, you know, you guys enjoy yourself. Sports is a beautiful thing. You know, check out some of our future episodes. We appreciate all the support, guys. Um, you know, tweet at us, interact with us. Any questions, anything you want to ask, go ahead and shoot them over to us. We really appreciate you listening. Go Red Legs. And as always, who day? Um, and that's all for me, Cam. All right. Well, thank you guys for checking us out today. Uh, make sure you guys are looking out on our social media for updates here and there. But this is Cameron and Jesse Salazar signing off for tonight here on the Queen City Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon.